Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction's Patreon 93. I call BS. When will you finally, I mean, it's fun to be, you know, tied up and chained up and pulled and drawn and quartered. But when am I going to get a scientist in here? I've been chomping at the bit to kick a scientist's ass. But, like, I understand. Like, all the scientists are afraid of me. And that you have me, like, kept down here like like a dragon under a Targaryen's house. So that I don't, like, go ravaging the science community with my awesomeness. Uh, and my 100% uh, uh, trivia accuracy. How can I put this? Um, oh, okay. Put me in, coach. When the kid, I'll, I'll use that analogy. When the kid is whiffing at T-ball, he's not ready for Nolan Ryan. You know what I mean? Like, is that, does that kind of... I specialize in 100 mile an hour fastballs. Not, <laughs> not in stationary ball. Like you're, like, like, you know, it's like the T-Rex. I don't want to, I don't want to be fed. I want to hunt. <laughs> Bobby, <laughs> give me a scientist. Oh, uh, dear. Well, learn to hit the ball off the tee. All right. For those of you... You know, for a guy who talked about his B-cup testicles last episode, I'll, I'll crack some balls with a bat if you want. Uh, dear, the respect you have for my testicles is appreciated, Damien, but even then, even then, uh, dear. I'm going to do it in front of your children. It's going to demoralize, it's going to ruin your family, and this is what you wanted. That's what you think, it's going to break your bat. All right, and speaking of breaking bats, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is the sad man holding two pieces of his now broken favorite bat, none other than Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. By the way, I like the scenario where I hit your balls so hard with a bat, like it's an MLB thing. And I, yes. it's a wooden, let's say it's a wooden bat. I'm not even going to say it's like some aluminum thing. It's a wood, I hit your balls so hard with a bat that it shatters, and yet, in this world... You're the victor, and I didn't yes. just like send your. I didn't send you back in time with testicle pain. I didn't knock no. your soul out of your body uh, with the f- testicles being the fulcrum. No, and I actually did most of the force. You were swinging, but I have a hip move where I can really get the boys <laughs> rolling. And uh, yeah, that's what cracked that bat in half. That's that's like a car to head on collision. That's so much worse for your testicles. You'd think so, but here you are with a broken bat. <laughs> Well, the fact that you're speaking now and not through uh, 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 some sort of speaking spell right now speaks volumes to your testic- testicular fortitude. Oh, uh, dear, let's move right on. Ty call BS. I call. I call. I call. I call. I call. Ring, ring. I call BS. I do notice you're sitting in a tub of ice, though. Does that have anything to do with anything? Uh, yeah, it's just because ice likes being around my balls. <laughs> it's for the ice, Damien. <laughs> the ice had to make a wish. <laughs> is that a Bobby? Is there an ICU behind you? Are you are you broadcasting from an ICU? Oh, uh, those of you guys who know, I call BS game where I read four science news articles, some of which are real, some of which are BS, any for bad science. They could all be true, all be false, or any combination thereof in between. There's a bunch of 
just standard quiz show rules that go along with this that Damien will pretend he doesn't know later. They're so brief, they're not even worth mentioning at this point. They're so brief, it would take too long to mention them. That's how how brief those rules are. So we're just saying things. We're just saying things. (laughs) My penis is so big that it can't be seen with the naked eye. Like you being silly. <laughs> All right, David, you ready to play? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's start the game against the Globetrotters. Let's do it. I'm sure it's on the up and up. All right, article number one. A new paper outlines a promising new vaccine for herpes. Damien, is a science or bad science? This is science, and if it had come out just a decade earlier, perhaps it could have prevented a lot of very uncomfortable phone calls that I still continue to have to make to this day. And some very uncomfortable family reunions. <laughs> it's not what you think, Grandma. I I rubbed my testicles on the glass thinking that my that Joe, my brother, would get would get it. What do you mean why would I want to give Joe to herpes? And I don't need to answer why I have herpes, Grandma. That is a, a private question. I got it from a pane of glass, but yeah. (laughs) I got it from a toilet seat, which I regularly rub my testicles against. Uh, Sorry, Damien, this one is bad science. But they did find a promising vaccine for uropathogenic E. coli, also known as UPEC, which is the cause of UTIs. So this is really interesting because scientists have been trying to do this for quite a long time. This is basically one bacteria or one kind of bacteria that causes all UTIs. And yes, there's usually some other thing like your bacteria, your pee is getting backed up or something. But if you got rid of that bacteria in your body, you wouldn't be able to get most UTIs. I mean, I'm sure you could cram some other bacteria down. Like you could pull a David Copperfield. I will get a UTI given these circumstances. But the vast majority of UTIs you would get. Sounds like more of a David Blaine trick if we're being honest. That's true. (laughs) No, you know, David Blaine is where you pick a card and then he goes, is this your card? And it's not your card. And then he goes, oh, check your urethra. And and it's in there along with the UTI. Oh, (laughs) God. Yes, you're going to need surgery. It's... (laughs) This is the worst street magic ever. David Blaine, horror magician. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really, really difficult to actually get medication down into the areas like the bladder and stuff like that. Uh, as somebody who, because of me- other medical issues, I had a series of of like prostate infections, and that is absolutely the same case there. Like you just can't get fucking antibiotics up into there. And so it's very, very difficult. It like wipes out every other part of your body first. So it fucks up your gut microbiome. It fucks up your oral microbiome. Like it messes up your body so much just to get a little bit of antibiotics like into that part that it's like, it's a pretty serious thing. We think of UTIs as not a big deal, but the repeated antibiotic use that often comes with them can be a very serious issue, especially for people with gut microbiome issues. You said uh, uh, you had a series of events, and I just was thinking, like, because it was you in pain, that it was a series of fortunate events. Like, sure. Uh, like, uh, like I was, I was poking my voodoo doll on the bladder, my Bobby yes. voodoo doll. Uh, yeah. Ow. I actually, I kept stopping it up. Like, my my voodoo doll gets yeah, up that. to pee every little bit. I just put a clothespin That's on right. its little, on its a uh, huge bald uh, but tiny penis. <laughs> Uh, uh, macrame effigy. It's a myth that girls want big penises. Everybody's in it for the balls. <laughs> More potatoes make the steak look smaller. But also more balance for cardio health. I don't know. I'm not, I, I haven't finished the analogy all the way. I'm carve loading. Okay. 
So they developed this kind of peptide nanofiber that could not only penetrate mucosa, but it could train the immune system to recognize and fight this particular form of E. coli by exposing it to the three peptides that reside on its surface. So they were able to create a vaccine that seemed to work pretty well against this type of uropathogenetic E. coli. And not only were they able to create the vaccine, they were able to get it to the area it needed to be in. And the vaccine, because of that mucosal vaccine delivery method, it was found to elicit immune response in the urinary tract, probably because of the similarities of the mucosal membranes in those two areas. Very, very interesting, especially if we look at, you know, the damage that repeated and overuse of antibiotics do. I will tell you right now that UTIs are one of the most common reasons we prescribe antibiotics and one of the reasons we prescribe them the most as in volume, which means they're going to be one of the most common and voluminous reasons for antibiotic resistance. The more things we can do to get away from antibiotic resistance, especially we don't have more antibiotics down in the pipeline, is incredible incredibly useful for our future health and future selves. And so very, very, very cool news about how we might be fighting UTIs in the future without even using antibiotics. I fight UTIs by showering. That's a, do I, I'm you? sorry. I, I use, do I've gone, you? <laughs> I'm virtue signaling. No, I don't. Yeah, I just, no, you don't. I know. <laughs> your, your shower is like a New Yorker's oven. Like it's filled with shoes and used for storage. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually look more like Pigpen from the Peanuts thing. Like, like yes. if, Bob, you can see the cloud of dirt around me right now. Yes, that's right. Article number two, a stereotelescopic examination of the star that produced the wow signal in 1977 revealed that the mysterious radio signals are still emerging from the solar system almost 50 years later. David, is it science or bad science? This is bad science. The wow signal is no longer detectable. However, the awuga signal is still <laughs> roundly uh, observable and hilarious. As is the shake it signal. <laughs> I think one of them does la cucaracha, but you got to really listen to it. Uh, dear Damien, you are correct. This is bad science. It is the opposite. So really quickly, we'll review the wow signal. That is a 72 second signal that was intercepted on August 15th, 1977. That seemed to be what we have been looking for in terms of what we think extraterrestrial intelligent life might communicate. It is the frequency of hydrogen. Hydrogen being A, the beginning of the periodic table, but also B, the most common element in the universe by far. By transmitting the frequency of hydrogen that seems to be a signal to any other intelligent creature out there and by the way we thought of this you know decades before we noticed it that that you know if you if you transmit the frequency of hydrogen just as a solid state just boom then if somebody sees it they will realize that that is coming from intelligent life and that is what we thought we saw in those 72 seconds that's why it was such a big deal and so uh, it has been talked about back and forth. By the way, I did some backup research. I went down a wow hole for this particular article, went down to see kind of what's the current science. Scientific... You got to charge for that. You got to pay for that. That's true. Because we've covered a couple of stories on this show about wow. We covered one where they thought it was a reflection off the atmosphere or some space debris. We covered another one in like 2016 where they thought it might have been a comet that was surrounded by hydrogen. The comet theory is now almost completely disproven because we, we have now realized that comet was not in that location in 1977. And the theory of reflecting back is kind of considered people are very skeptical of it because now the physics doesn't we don't think the physics works out that we would have been able to get a signal for 72 
seconds back bouncing off space debris. Also, by the way, because we were looking for that as a sign of intelligent life, it's a restricted signal on Earth, meaning nobody transmits in that signal. So how would it be reflecting back? So right now, it is still very much a mystery. It is not something that has been solved, despite what you might read on some bylines or headlines. It has absolutely not been solved, and we still don't know what it is, even top researchers. So some astronomers wanted to give it a look, and especially an astronomer named Alberto Caballero, who this past May had, and this is a quote from the article, had conducted an exhaustive search of the European Space Agency's Gaia database, which contains data on more than one billion stars. He used that database to narrow down the possible star systems that might have been involved in the emission of the original WOW signal in 1977. In doing so, he narrowed down the possibilities to, to a single star, one called two mass and then a series of numbers that I'm not even going to read because it's irrelevant. And basically, they, they found out where the signal specifically came from. They pointed two telescopes at it to get that stereo view with some portion of those two telescopes going at the same time. Because remember, in these type of scenarios, you're renting or you're borrowing use of that telescope for a certain amount of time. So they got one in segments of like five minutes, one in segments of like 30 minutes, and they made sure at least two of those segments overlapped. So they had some so stereo vision, so to speak. And what they found was nothing. They didn't see shit. And we don't know what's going on. What we do know for certain is that signal came to us in 1977. We're not 100% sure it came from that star. Again, it could have been something bounced back from the Earth. And we're sure that it's not there right now. And it wasn't there when we looked for it after that 72 seconds. So could it have been 72 seconds of something being transmitted? Maybe it was even longer or something being transmitted that got interrupted? Absolutely. Could be intelligent life. Could be aliens. That might even be the simplest explanation right now. Could it be something else reflected back? All that stuff? Yes, that can be an explanation as well. We can't really piece together how right now, but, you know, there, there, that is always a chance to. Bottom line, we don't fucking know on this one. It was a warning against using hydrogen, the most common element on the fucking planet. If only we had gotten it before the Hindenburg. <laughs> they were trying to warn us. That's why it stopped in 77, because they're like, oh, man, we got the news back. They already blew the blimp up. Oh, okay, yeah, we sorry. We just were trying to tell you guys blimps suck. Uh, there's, you know, it, you know, it's not important. I see you guys have flight. Have you considered anti-gravity? <laughs> Article number three. A paper published this week indicates that Apple AirPod Pros can perform as well as as $10,000 hearing aids. Damien, is this science or bad science? This is science. Unfortunately, it's really easy to Bluetooth grandma's hearing aid and then just get an ASMR. Just feed, She won't even know what ASMR is. Yes. She'll just think it's ghosts. And that's how you get back at grandma for not letting you go out and play. Or... That's how you find out your grandma's got a horny bug for the ASMR. <laughs> what a, she, I, I, grandma became awake sexually at 80 because I, I awakened her, her latent ASMR fantasy. This reminds me of when the Eisenhower boys came home and showed your old grandma a good time. I will say, like, I've started, like, uh, my wife's car and, like, it'll, like, it'll cut to like the last thing she had on like uh, Apple Music or YouTube or something and it's always some ASMR video and I get in the car and start it and just like what the fuck <laughs> and it's always on really loud too because you have to crank it why are you jerking off while you're driving listen I don't want to I love my wife and I, I think she's improved my wife my life in a lot of ways 
but if I could have never experienced ASMR at that level and experienced the unpleasantness of that, I'd call it a wash. I'd say that the two things balance each other out (laughs) very well. So, Damien, this is science and really cool. So this study looked at a comparison between high-end and expensive hearing aids and standard consumer earbuds. And cost, by the way, is an issue. Approximately 75% of people with hearing loss in the U.S. do not use earbuds. My dad, by the way, is one of them. My dad is completely deaf in one ear and mostly deaf in his other ears and has been since he was shooting 50 cal twin machine guns in Vietnam. And so he has, he has lived most of his life. He went to a lot of metal deaf. concerts in the eighties. Let's, let's see. <laughs> if you know Bobby's dad, you know, the, uh, the joke about. There'd be literally a better chance of him going to an arena to sit and watch different forms of metal, like, like physical alloys be presented on stage. Bobby's dad makes Hank Hill look like, um, I don't know, Van Halen, I guess. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's true. And it's not like, you know, they're they're older people and they're, you know, they, they make enough money to, to live comfortably. But even then, like even for people who are well off, like a $10,000 charge, which by the way, when they say like, oh, $10,000 is the good one, there's a range of these. And they started, the ones they tested started like $1,500. The $1,500 ones, they do not work if you are mostly deaf. Like that is a thing where you're like, your hearing is going, you, you know, you got a little little something or something. Those are not designed people who are mostly deaf. If you are mostly deaf, then you are starting at the like eight or $9,000 range. And even if you are a decently well-off person, that's just not realistic. And that's not affordable to most people, especially people whose insurance, like most people, won't cover most of it. I'm kind of surprised just because your dad, you know, was a former officer on the, I, I kind of expected his insurance, if any of them to pick it up just because, you know, he, no. there's almost no insurance in America that will cover fully hearing aids or at least not the expensive ones. Um, you, and the more expensive they get, usually the less and less of it that they will cover percentage wise. Now in 2016, Apple came out with a live listen feature for their AirPods for sound am- amplification. And the team here tested four separate devices with about two dozen people who had hearing loss. They did something like reading a short sentence to participants who then asked, were then asked to, to kind of repeat the sentence. And they had one of the four different hearing devices in. One was AirPods Pro. One was just regular AirPods 2. One was a cheap hearing aid that cost about $1,500, by the way, cheap. And one was an expensive hearing aid that cost $10,000. In noisy environments, AirPod Pro showed comparable performance to the $10,000 one when noises came laterally. However, not when it came right from the front. That is something that will likely be improved as AirPod Pros go on and and stuff like that. But right now, the high-end systems do have an advantage if you're talking directly to somebody, but you could just turn your head. Now, there are some downsides to it. You do have to have like an iPhone. Like when I saw this, I was like, oh, I'm going to get my dad some AirPod Pros for Christmas. That'll be great. You you have to have an iPhone like because the microphone itself is on the iPhone. And so even though they're only $250 for the AirPod Pros themselves, you you also have to spend however much money to get the iPod as well, but still really, really cool. And the nice thing about this is- Do you think you could teach your dad to to log into a Bluetooth? Like, do you think you could teach him to sync up Bluetooth or do you think that's a bridge too far? My my earbuds do it automatically. Like once you sync them in, then like every time you like take your earbuds out of the case, they just automatically connect. Okay. Do you see your dad, do you see yourself having to walk yourself through your dad uh, opening up his phone? 
Just opening up no. the... Uh... No, I think I can do that. But they definitely don't have an iPhone, so I'll have to figure something out. But, but just so cool. And, and think of where this could go in the future, right? Because, you know, as everything with apps, as you get better and better and you get better AI systems and stuff, you can do better with it. Undoubtedly, these $250 elements, which can dramatically improve somebody's life, will be eventually better than that $10,000 thing. Not just as good in some circumstances, but actually better than it. And that is fantastic because it is so insane that for some people we have decided that just hearing will cost them $10,000, especially when, again, we have these comparable technologies in the consumer marketplace that can be adapted pretty easily and quickly to that same thing. All hail our digital overlords. They've saved us from the evil hearing aid industry. I mean, realize that's like in one case, America becoming the hero, but also like uh, I guess advancing in one sector enough to save itself. <laughs> you know, I just like that. I mean, I, I, I don't know what somebody is doing when they're charging people who like, it's not a luxury item. You're charging someone $10,000 because you know they have to do it to hear. Like, come on, dick company. Like, you really, like, really? Like, you, you look at a bunch of like deaf kids and you're like, oh, wouldn't hearing be nice? Well, better sell your mom's Kia. Like, come on. Jesus Christ. It's, uh, those guys are saints compared to the people who produce insulin. Fuck. I mean, <laughs> that's true. All right. And lastly, article number four. Scientists are worried that the World Cup in Qatar might be the impetus for the spread of a camel-based coronavirus. Damien, is this science or bad science? This is bad science. I don't see um, because uh, because I don't I don't picture a lot of foreigners coming and interacting with the camels, Bobby. Uh, because I, I've never been to Qatar, but I don't imagine the camels just, uh, I think they're more of a rural thing. It's like equestrianism here in the States. I, I would imagine like you, I don't imagine. No, I don't imagine, no, like, you many... know, that's a common, that's a common misconception. It's more like stray dogs. So like, you know, when you go to other countries <laughs> and there are packs of stray dogs that just kind of wander through town and you got to be careful not to, not to get caught by them. <laughs> I wrapped my Bentley around a camel. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, like, yeah, there was a stray exactly. camel and like, oh, yes, my Ferrari. Uh, he's, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to turn Russian. It's, it's fine. I'm going to say this is bad science because I don't picture, unless we're talking about people from other Gulf states traveling uh -huh. to the World Cup with their camel, like in tow in like a private jet or even riding it sure. to racistly to like a Bedouin sure. riding it to the fucking Qatar World Cup. Whatever. I don't live there. It probably didn't happen like that. I think it's another animal. You heard that people from the Middle East. If you're riding a camel, you're racist as shit. <laughs> it's, yep, that's the takeaway. So I'm going to say, if it's not, because the, the, the Gulf states are known for camels, yes, but what other thing are they known for? Migrant slaves. So I'm going to say it oh. was a migrant slave uh, COVID infection. Uh, David, sorry, this one is science. God damn camels. We've talked about, don't blame the camels. We've talked about, <laughs> about obviously COVID, which is SARS-CoV-2. Obviously there's SARS-CoV-1. There's the first SARS that originated in China, but there's also MERS, which we've talked about. That first arose in 2012 in Saudi Arabia and MERS is Med Middle Eastern Respiratory Sym Syndrome. And it's also a coronavirus, also from bats, but that made its way into camels, and that it's where is where its reservoir is. Now, MERS, like the SARS we're used to, is a respiratory virus. It does get transmitted through breathing, but it might be transmitted other ways away. It is, however, fucking terrifying. Because unlike 
COVID, which, you know, might have 1%, sometimes more, sometimes less uh, fatality rate, the fatality rate for MERS is 35 to 40%. And by the way, the ventilation rate is like 90%. Meaning even if you did survive, it's only because somebody shoved a tube down your throat and a robot breathed for you for days. Like there is, there is no skating by with MERS. It's pretty fuck you up type disease. Is is it just the uh, the the light density of the Middle East, um, like keeps it at bay? You know. Uh... Yes, and it it doesn't become super transmissible human to human. Almost all the human to human transmissible cases are from hospitals, meaning somebody comes in with a MERS infection, then they're in that really enclosed space. They don't know they have MERS. It ends up becoming infection, which, by the way, kills a third of the hospital, which is fucking crazy. Like, just imagine if that was here. Um, but most of them are caught directly zoonotic, directly from the camels. And it can be from interacting, yes, breathing too close to the camel. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a really interesting little factoid in a second. It could be from eating camel products like camel meat or camel milk or... Or drinking camel urine, which I guess is a thing because the government has to advise you not to do it during MERS outbreaks. Do you think that's like a college thing? Like, like, listen, yeah, uh, we had the pledges drink camel piss. It's just part of the, the, you know, it's hazing. It's what we do. It turns out that there's like a Middle Eastern version of anti-maskers. Like, you know, the dudes who like cut a hole in their mask <laughs> in like the summer of 2020 to go to the local Kroger just to fuck with everybody. There is the version of that, which is that the Saudi government, a bunch of the other ones during MERS infections will be like, you know, be careful, stay away from your camel, make sure you're not too close to it. And then all these fucking assholes will take pictures of themselves kissing their camels and post them online. And it's like... Who's the joke on, asshole? Who's the one yeah. fucking making out with a camel online? You said I couldn't fuck my camel, but guess what? This video's me. Freedoming my camel. Dude, I, when I heard that, I was like, all right, their stupid people beat our stupid people. Because that is a totally different level of... By the way, that's also rich person stupid, which is an extra type. If you can afford school... And you're stupid. Like, that's different. A lot of people here are dumb because they didn't collect enough of the barcodes off Mountain Dew two-liter bottles to attend their local school in the South, which is how you get in. And so, like, that, that is... <laughs> That is different from being a fucking millionaire and making out with a goddamn dromedary, you idiots. Yeah, well, I mean, like, uh, like hey, uh, a teacher, question. Uh, will any of this information help me uh, in any way as, an, uh, as a person backed by oil billions? No? Okay, well, then I'm just going to go ahead and uh, look at pornography on my internet while you teach your lesson. I think there's a direct correlation between those two things. Yeah, terrifying just because of its, you know, death rate, but... It, since it came about a decade ago, again, first case, first discovered, Saudi Arabia 2012, since it first came out, there's only been 2,600 cases. And those 2,600 cases do have 935 deaths, which is fucking crazy. But this is not pandemic level. What they are worried about is exactly what you think is not going to happen, Damien, is exactly what is going to happen, which is tourists are going to pose with camels. 100%. They are going to get camel rides. They're going to get pictures with camels. Maybe there are some anti-maskers who are part of the January 6th insurrection who are there at the World <laughs> Cup. I don't know why. It seems like they should hate soccer, but they're there at the World Cup making out with camels to prove something to the Saudi government. Listen, I don't it, it's like it's like going to TJ and like seeing a zebra, quote unquote, just a painted donkey. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna see some donkeys, right? I'm not even talking donkey shows. You're just gonna see some donkeys, but I don't I, I and yes, there's gonna be some posing with them. I just I just I don't know. I went to Iraq and I know Iraq is not a, a Gulf state. It's not one of the Gulf states. Uh, uh well it is, but, but, but you know, it's 
But it's not like, a, oh, it's not a Saudi Arabia, it's not Qatar, sure. it's not Oman, it's not UAE, so on and so forth. But I was wildly disappointed by the level of camels that I saw. I, I saw a Bedouin tribe one time, and the whole time I just think, like, I think, like, seeing a camel in the Middle East is like seeing a donkey in Tijuana. Yeah, you're going to see one eventually, but it, they're not, like, as common as you think, as the donkey show lore has led you to believe. I do like that. They have to tell you to stop drinking camel piss during outbreaks. And, like, I also like that at some point, <laughs> there is some guy who reads that and slams his fist down and goes, You went too far! At what point is this FIFA's fault, Bobby? Qatar banned yeah. alcohol two days before the World Cup. What the fuck are you going to drink? Do you know how hot it is over there? Oh my god, what if it's like an Ocean's Eleven thing where you just, you put a camel's head in a keg of beer and you had him down like 30 consecutive gallons of beer. You walk him across the Qatari border <laughs> filled with beer. <laughs> like a bunch of like like desperate British fans. All right, mate, listen, you, know, you sure this camel's loaded? All right. <laughs> And just, just sucking the piss right out of a camel. <laughs> That's, Bobby, that is brilliant. Like, uh, like, hey, we took a good old-fashioned American who defied prohibition, took him to the Middle East. He helps defy their laws. He came up with this camel pissing idea. <laughs> to be fair, I can't take full credit for it. Uh, that's actually an old idea. It was used, uh, unfortunately, after California passed Proposition 8 against gay marriage. I used it to smuggle in a bunch of semen. <laughs> Bobby, there was no law against camels even. <laughs> and you would be shocked at how hard it is to get a camel to eat a 55-gallon drum of semen. <laughs> Just me somewhere in Yuma and just a really tired, really pissed off camel. I'm picturing the uh, the Untouchables version of this. is like this camel's liver's been tainted. Yeah, they fuck with the livers of these camels to get more alcohol and come through the bloodstream. Well, one thing for sure, that camel will be untouchable when we're done. All right. Thank you, audience, for coming back for Science Factions Patreon 93, where you learned all about a brand new vaccine to stop UTIs. How we looked back at WoW and didn't see shit. How AirPod Pros can perform as well as $10,000 hearing aids. And how officials are worried that Qatar might be the impetus for a worldwide spread of MERS. Thank you so much for joining us and come on back next week for Science Faction 693. Being an American has always meant being rebellious. In fact, Kennedy's grandfather was a cum runner. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right. <laughs>